Good morning, welcome. We're so glad to have you this morning. If you would, just get to your feet as we get ready to worship the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Uh, Psalms 145, I will exalt you, my God, O King, and I will bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. So let's just praise him this morning because he is great and he is greatly to be praised. No one deserves our worship except for him. Amen.
she prays and treasures that fade are never enough. Then you came along and put me back together. And every desire is now satisfied.
that you turn seas into highways. The one who makes a way when there is no way. The one who has called us out, Father. We thank you, Lord, for choosing us because you are the one who first loved. You are so, so good. All my words for sure
don't you get shy on me lift up your song you've got a lion inside of those lungs get up and praise the lord come on my soul don't you get shy on me lift up your song concert, I was troubled really heavy on the inside. You ever go into a place like church service or something like that, and you're like, I'm going to experience the Lord today. And you go in, and for some reason, you're blocked up. You're having trouble entering into the Spirit, letting Him come upon you. That's the way I was that day. And I sat down in my seat, and there was a an older gal behind me who was a fireball, I'm telling you. The whole concert, crying out to the Lord, giving thanks to the Lord, praising God like nobody else, you know, like she didn't care. And at one point, the, the fellow on the stage said, hey, let's all lay our hand on our neighbor and pray for them. And, and she reached up as I sit down in front of her, and she put her hand on me. And I'm telling you now, as soon as she did, something supernatural happened. The Holy Spirit fell, and the peace of God came upon me in a way that I hadn't felt. And I don't even know what she said. She was praying silently, but just her touch with the spirit all over her brought the spirit of peace upon me. I say that because this morning, maybe it's just me, <laughs> but I'm feeling blocked up this morning. I'm feeling it's hard for me to enter into the spirit this morning. 
I'm asking right now, if anyone in here is feeling that Holy Spirit, the spirit of peace, overwhelming peace just keeps coming to me. I'd like you to come up here and pray for us. Anybody. If not, I'll do it. But I need somebody who's saying, I'm not like that. I'm feeling the peace this morning. Praise God. Amen. Patsy's going to come up. She's going to bless us. And the Holy Spirit's going to fall. If you allow him, he's going to enter in and you're going to have the peace you've been looking for this morning. you are real lord that your presence is real god fall on each and every one father i ask and i thank you for it father in jesus name thank you sister now let's worship the lord with that overwhelming peace inside of us knowing he sees it all he's already got it all under control this morning we're going to praise the god who never fails we're going to praise the god who comes down and decides to spend time with us no matter what you've done, come in here and say, Lord, you've seen it all. You knew I was going to do it before I did it. I'm sorry, and your blood is good enough to cover me in all the things that I've done. And we can have peace with God this morning because we're going to be with him. Amen? Amen.
to you. 
out of that darkness, aren't you? Amen. Let's not choose to go back. Let's live in the freedom that he has given us through his son. Amen. Well, we're glad to have you here this morning. If you would, just go around and greet some of your family of faith. Hello, hello. Get your mingling in. Just kidding. Sit down. We're going to have plenty of time to mingle in heaven. <laughs> Just joking. Well, we're going to go ahead and take up tithe and offering here, guys and gals. Um, seems like every time that I speak about tithe and offering or even really think about it, I'm just automatically reminded of how blessed we are, right? You know, early on, you know, when I first met the Lord and things like that, it was kind of a, I'll be honest with you, it was kind of a struggle, kind of got in my mind and hadn't quite sunk into my heart yet. It felt kind of like a bill, like, oh, I got electric and gas and, and water and then tithe. And then, you know, I just kind of lumped it all in together. But listen, this is where our provision come, comes from, Amen. God is our provider. There's no way around it. We always say right at the end, I'll probably say it today, uh, after I pray, I say, if you have it, bring it up. Here's the thing, though. 
If you're a Christian and you believe in Christ and he's done what he's done for you, you should have it. Amen? Because it comes off the top. Okay? I'm not trying to preach at you. I'm just saying the Lord has blessed and he asks for so little as far as money goes. Now, remember, he is a 100% God, so he asks for our whole life. But as far as finances and whatnot, the base fact is he doesn't ask for that much. And he gives a lot more than we always give, right? You can't outgive him. We've tried. All we do is get blessed in return. So keep all that in mind this morning. If you're struggling and saying, God, I just don't know how I'm going to pay this. Well, maybe change your priority, change your mindset and say, Lord, this is coming off the top. And now I don't know how I'm going to pay the electric bill, but I'm going to believe in you and trust in you because he is faithful. He's always been faithful. <laughs> always been faithful. Amen. All right. Lord, I pray that you would bless the tithe, that you would bless the offering. Lord, we know that you don't need money. We know that you are, you have riches that are unsearchable, that though we search and search and search, if we spent our whole life trying to search out how much riches you have, we'd never find the end. For you are the creator of everything. Nothing is too hard for you. I pray that the concept that nothing is too hard for you would be in our hearts today, Lord. That we'd remember that you are the provider that never fails that we would be cheerful when we give, that we would strive to get you know, more money and raises so we can give more to your kingdom. Anything that we want in this life more, let it be for your kingdom, God. Let us bless you as you have blessed us so much, Father. You're always there <laughs> and you've never forgotten about us. In Jesus' name. I'm not going to say it now because I said I would say it. But I'm gonna... <clears throat> Amen. All right, I'm going to do some announcements here too. A reminder of our school supplies in the back in the crate there. If you've got school supplies or feel it on your heart to bring some for the kids. Go ahead and bring those in and let them know. I'm not sure exactly when we're done with that. Today is the last day. Thank you, Kelly. So today's the last day. So if you got them, dump them in there. If not, there's still a little bit of time. So uh, also a reminder, Wednesday, we're going to have hot dogs and s'mores after church right here. So that'll be good. Nothing wrong with hot dogs. Man. <laughs> and then um, the church survey that Pastor Kylan's been putting on the board. will be back up here. It'll be a QR code on the screen. He does want us to take that if we can. Go on there and just do the survey at any time, I guess. So, okay. We'll have that up after service. All right. As you know, Pastor Kylan's not here today. Um, so he's asked our brother, who's been here before, I think, at the old building. It was here. Okay. Sorry. Wednesday night here. Praise God. Justin Duell, uh coming from the Way Community Church in Deschler, Deschler, Ohio. He's going to bring the word this morning, so let's give him a hand. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see everyone this morning. I wish I had a couple extra hands. Sometimes I just don't feel like I have enough. 
So good to be with you here this morning. And uh, how many of you love your pastor? Amen. I think sometimes in, uh, in worship, uh, as our brother was saying this morning, like sensing spirit, sensing that time of just uh, coming into a deeper place. Sometimes just having a, a change can be difficult. So knowing pastor's not here this morning sometimes is like, okay, who is this guy? What's he doing here? Why is he here? What's he going to sound like? What's he going to do? Is he going to be crazy? Is he going to be okay? What's this all about? So sometimes we're, we get preoccupied with things that are happening around us, and we can't really just settle into this place of intimacy with God. So um, I'm just grateful this morning to be here with you. Um, pastor Kylan was my youth pastor uh, growing up when we were attending Only Believe Ministries for many years. And uh, over this time, uh, he and I have become even greater friends. And uh, we're both in a lot of the same seasons of life right now. We, we are in a, a, a church uh, plant uh, season, and uh, we're just grateful for what the Lord has done in our communities and what God's doing here in Urbana uh, with you all. And I look around the room, and I'm like, wow, just walking through the building, I'm seeing all the things that you guys are doing from the last time I was here. And, and I hear the announcements. I hear LifeWise is coming and going to be using this building. So that is so cool. Because up, up north where we're at, uh, we're actually getting a LifeWise going this fall as well. So, uh, and just so you all know, I do listen to Pastor Kylan's messages about every week. Because I love him and I love what he teaches. I think you have a real treasure here uh, at, when you're pastor. Amen. And uh, he, he loves you very much. And he, he wants you to know Jesus. Amen. Sometimes people say, well, I, I know Jesus. I said a prayer. I know Jesus because I went to an altar. But do we know him? Everybody got real quiet. Do we know him? Because I think it's important that we ask ourselves that question on a daily. I never want to live off an experience of a one-time prayer. I want to live on a daily experience of knowing him. Amen? We never want to take our walk with Christ for granted and say, well, you know, I, I know about this stuff in the church. I read about this in the Bible. I want to tell you something. If ever we hear a word through Scripture, we hear a subject that we're talking about, we go, oh, I already know that. There's probably something wrong here. Oh, man, I hope you don't stone me before I leave. But sometimes we get to these places in our hearts that we just don't look and steward our hearts well. Can we be fair and say that? So this morning, I just want to encourage you. Somebody say, Justin, Justin. is here to encourage me. Amen? So I don't want you to feel in any kind of way that I'm here for any other purpose other than to encourage you. Because I want you to pursue life with Christ. I want you to know him. It's important that we know him because Jesus said in John 17, that he said, this is eternal life. So we make eternal life about a prayer that gets us to heaven when eternal life is actually knowing him. Jesus says, this is eternal life, that you may know the Father and the Son, Jesus, who he sent. So I think we need to be daily looking at our lives and saying, do I know you? Am I pursuing you? Am I following you? Am I, am I looking for the next opportunity to see you in my life? So I just want to encourage you, amen? And last week, Pastor Kylan, when he invited me, he said, you guys are beginning a new series called I'm Not Good Enough. 
So I went back and I listened to his message. And as I was listening to his message, just some things that I just took away from that is this. God is interested and wants his creation to be saved because of his value for his creation. Amen? Have you ever felt that question, that tension of that question, I'm not good enough, just by a raise of hands? Let's just be honest. Has anybody in here ever felt like I'm not good enough? Well, I got good news for you. I got the answer for that. The answer to that is no. Let's go home and just relax now because that's the end of the message. No, the, the, the point of it is, is are we good enough in ourselves? Are we good enough in our own strength? Are we good enough as people? You'll hear people say, well, I'm a good person. But do you realize that without Christ, there is nothing good in us? Jesus said you must be born again. Why? Because the birth that you came into this world is one of a sinful nature, and we must be born again. We must follow Christ. We must live for him. We must surrender our life to him. We must be disciples of Christ. It's not just a prayer to get to heaven. It's a prayer for heaven to come inside of me and transform me so I can be like him wherever I go. That's what you're called to. That's who you are. And sometimes we even get pride in our hearts to the name of the church that we're a part of. Oh, I'm, I'm a part of the way. Or I'm part of only believe. I'm a part of this church. And in, the, in those areas of our life where we begin to look at our Christian walk with God in a socialistic way of where we come and worship at, it becomes dangerous because now it's not about knowing him. It's about us being together under a banner of a name rather than the name of Jesus. Is this, is this okay? Is everybody okay? Okay, awesome. Because we're going to get into some stuff this morning I think is going to encourage you because that's why I'm here. I'm here to encourage you. So in Psalms 145, 14, Pastor Kylan brought this scripture to you last week. It says this, The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. And, and many times in our Christian walk, there's going to be times that we fall. Right? But just because we fall, it doesn't give us an excuse to live in that fallen state. We like to, can I come down here? Is this okay if I come down here? Awesome. I move around a little bit when I preach, so I got to move. I, I think better when I move. I don't know what it is. But, but I think sometimes what we need to do is we need to focus on this walk with Jesus. I want to know him. I want to follow him. I want to be engaged with him. I know there's going to be times that I fall, but we as believers really enjoy to be unified under our failures. Have you ever been in a service, somebody says, hey, I got a bad back, and somebody else says, hey, I do too. Me and you should be friends, because I got a bad back like you do. And all of a sudden, you feel good about your bad back because somebody else can be associated with your pain. So in the body of Christ, many times we're drawn to people because of the pain that we've experienced or our season of falling, we go, man, maybe, maybe it's lust. Man, I struggled with lust in my life. Hey, brother, so did I. Oh, cool, me and you can be friends because we have had the same struggle. Sound familiar in the church? When we're called to know this, that there's times of falling, but our unity's not in our fall. Our unity is in our Savior. 
So I want to come beside you. I don't want to be associated with your hurt. I want to be associated with the answer, which is Jesus. So you're not here to be a spectator of the church. You're here to be a participant of the church. So being a participant of the church means that you surrender your own way and now you have a new way found in him. So if we walk in this place as I'm not good enough, what are we actually saying? We're devaluing what we say we possess and the one who we say we know. So this morning I want to talk to you about being a vessel. Somebody say a vessel. Now, a vessel, I brought a couple bottles of water up. My brother gave me these before we came up. One's full, one's empty. But both of them are vessels. Can we all agree on this? This vessel has nothing to offer anybody. Amen? This vessel has something in it. The value of the vessel is not the vessel itself. It's what it carries. Amen? So, if I came in, it's fair time, right? How many of you have fair time right now going on in these parts? Because up, up north, that's what we got right now. Everybody in our counties are having fair. And this little bottle of water at the fair is probably six bucks a bottle. Like, holy smokes. That better be like the waters of heaven that Jesus said we can drink from and never be thirsty again. Because six bucks, man. But the point of it is, if I came to you and I said, hey... Is this worth anything? How many of you have been here think this is worth anything? This isn't worth anything, right? It's just a vessel. has nothing in it. Now, if everybody in this room was thirsty and needed a drink, and you were in a desert and you were about ready to die, would you pay $150 for this little bottle of water? Yes. What happened? The value of the vessel just increased based upon what it carries. Oh, you guys are all too quiet. You guys are all too quiet. If, if you get something to hit your heart this morning, it's okay to say amen. If you get something in your heart this morning, those holy, mmm, it's okay too. Amen? I got to know that we're connecting. Okay, I'm a relational guy. I like to relationally connect with people. I don't like just to say things and everybody's like, I like to know, is this hitting home? Because if it's not, then we're, I'm not teaching it in a way that you can hear it. Because I want you to hear what I'm saying this morning. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your victory, your breakthrough is one area of belief away of faith in Christ. Sometimes people say, well, I got so much more ahead of me, so much more work to do. No, you simply need to believe. What's the name of this church that we're in? Only believe. So surely this has to be a room of believers, amen? Right? The name of the church is only believe. So when things come and you don't feel like you're good enough, what is your opportunity to do? You can either say, yeah, I'm not good enough, or you can choose to believe. What are you choosing to believe? That the value of your life now has meaning because you are now full with the person of the Holy Spirit in you. When you begin to self-examine your life to the place you no longer have value, then you're looking at the wrong source. We are to carefully examine our life. Ephesians says this, be careful and determine what 
pleases the Lord. Now, open with me to the book of Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. I want to say this. God always works through a vessel. God always works through a vessel. God is looking for yielded vessels for his purpose. Even if the vessel is broken. Have you ever heard this statement? I believe God forgives me, but I can't forgive myself. Raise your hand if you've ever heard that. I got to see. How many of you in here have ever struggled with that before? I know God forgives me. I just can't forgive myself. I'm going to ask this question. If you had the power to forgive yourself, why haven't you done it? You know why? Because it's not about you forgiving yourself. It's about you believing that he has forgiven you. See, what we're really saying is, I believe God forgives me, but I don't forgive myself. Really, what we're saying is, God, I don't believe you. Why? Because we're dealing with guilt, shame, and condemnation, everything that's apart from the fall, rather than peace, love, and joy, everything that's from the new birth. Why? Because we're gauging more with our old nature and our old way of thinking rather than with the new nature and the new way of thinking. Amen? So what does Romans 12, 2 says? It says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? The renewing of your mind, how you think, your perspective. Faith is not just another tool in your God belt to get an answer to prayer. Faith is a new perspective now that he has come and comes inside of you and you are now a child of God who you now see yourself as is clear because you now can see him clearly. You will never see the real you until you see him. You will never see the real you until you see him. You say, well, how do I see him? By faith. By faith. Amen? You must choose to believe Christ over what you have experienced and what you have failed in. If you do not, what you will always do is you will try to run a race, but you'll try to run it backwards. So you got your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, but the whole time you're running towards Jesus, you remember your old life. So what you end up doing is you were drawn to your old life. Now you're trying to look back to get to Jesus. When Jesus says, no, you must forget your old life and pursue a new life. The reason you feel like you're not worth it is because your eyes are fixed on the wrong things. So what is he saying? Get your perspective off of yourself and put your perspective onto me. Do you believe the cross accomplished what he came to accomplish? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? Because if you believe it, then when we're worshiping, there's no problem with raising holy hands. There's no problem with worshiping because we know what he's accomplished. What happens is when we go, oh, I just, I can't worship right now. What happens? We're focused on old guilt. We're focused on old shame. We're focused on, I'm not good enough to be here. Guess what? The, the Christian walk is more about him than it ever has been about you. 
The problem with the church and the problem with the believer is we get so fixated on us that we forget of who he is. And when he says, I want you to actually, he said, if you want to be my disciple, you have to forsake your own way. Take up your own cross. In other words, what is he saying? You die to you so that you can see clearly who I am. And if you see clearly who I am, you'll see who you are. Now you don't have to wake up going, man, I remember yesterday when I failed and I cussed out my neighbor. We're Christians. We ought not be cussing out our neighbors. But how many even know we're in a process of growth? I asked that question at my church a while back. How many of you cussed this week? About half the room raised their hand. And they're like, now see everybody in here, oh my gosh. You know what they're doing though? They're examining their heart. If I ask that same question in here, many of you probably have, but you'll be like, no, I'm in church. No, we don't do that here. So what we do, we take our examination, we push it under the rug instead of examining, saying, what is it in my heart that I need to lay down in order to follow you? God always works through a vessel. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, it says this, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And God said, Let there be light. And there was a light. And God saw that the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Now notice this. God is creating a vessel called earth. And it's, it's broken. He's creating it. But what the scripture says, it's formless and void. There's nothing in it yet. It's dark. All of a sudden, God says, let there be light. That's not the sun and that's not the moon. In himself, he pushes his glory into the vessel. Now the vessel becomes lit up and there's life. Now, everything created from his hand comes from who he is. God is showing us a pattern of how he does life. If I came up here right now and I put dirt in this, you, many of you may not be able to see it. But if I put it up to the light, it exposes any dirt that's in it. So when you're only focused on the dirt, you'll never expose what's going on. You only, if your focus is all the wrongs you've ever done, then you'll never put your wrongs to the light and allow the Holy Spirit to change those things in your life. How do I do that? Justin, how do I do that? I want to know, how do I expose this darkness in my life? How do I get rid of this stuff, the guilt, the shame, the condemnation? I'm just not good enough. I will never be good enough. I don't know if I can serve in the church because I'm just not good enough. People don't know my past. People don't know what I have done. People do know what I've done. I'm so ashamed of what I've done. What are we doing? Our perspective is it's all about what we have done rather than what he has accomplished. I want, I'm feeling like even this morning as I'm teaching this, there's some people in here this morning, you came in with some guilt, shame, and condemnation. You came in with some pain from your week. You came in with loads of baggage from your life. You came in with stuff this morning. You put on your, your church clothes. You came in. You shook the hands. You made sure that you found your seat. But some of us are even in here right now going, oh, I'm so miserable. 
Why? Because our focus was on our performance. Instead of focusing on, oh my gosh, I get to come to the house of the Lord. Because he has invited. I heard it said like this. The man on the cross did not get time to go get baptized. The man on the cross didn't get to learn the doctrine of justification. The man on the cross didn't get to learn the, the doctrine of sanctification. He didn't do anything other than this. When, he, when that day he died and he ushers into heaven, they could have said, how did you get here? He said, the man that was in the middle told me I could come. Do you realize each one of you in here is only here because he has invited you to come? And when you think it's about your performance and the things you've done well, you know what's going to happen? You will always live a life of lack. You will always live a life of doubt. You will always live a life of unbelief. Why? Because you're focused on you rather than being focused on him. You realize how many people came to Jesus, the woman with the issue of blood? She could have said, I've had this for all of these years. I can't go talk to Jesus. I must not be good enough. But what was happening? She said, I'm not going to look at what I'm carrying. I'm going to look at who he is, and I'm going to press in, and I'm going to touch the hem of his garment. And it, when she touched him, Jesus said, hey, who touched me? It, it brought his attention. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Faith, somebody just activated faith in me and received from me just because of their faith in me. And sometimes we're so busy trying to get God to do something for us when we don't simply say, God, what can I do for you today? So we have our prayer lists. I, I call them our, our, our prayer, uh, just my needs and my wants and my desires. I need a new car. I need a new house. I, my wife needs to straighten up. Kids need to straighten up. Everybody but just get along with my program today. God, and I won't be happy unless I see all of these things done. So what are we doing? We're saying, God, I'm only happy for what you can do for me. Rather than I'm going to walk in joy and peace today because of what you've already done. And so we live from this place of being captivated by what he has done. Nobody else has ever died for you like he died for you. Nobody else has ever loved you like he has loved you. Nobody's ever cared for you the way he cares for you. He died for you when you were yet a sinner. Christ died at your darkest moment because he didn't see you as you. He saw you in his hand. He said, they don't know who they truly are, Father. I'll go and I'll put my spirit back inside of them so they can see clearly who they now are now that my spirit has come into them. That's what we're here for. We're his vessel. And God in Genesis 1, he's creating this vessel. And out of this vessel, he puts his life into it. Now the earth is formed and we start seeing things come into motion. We start seeing the grass and we start seeing the flowers. We start seeing the animals. We start seeing all of these things come to life because of the light of God. Turn with me to Genesis 2. So we're going to go through the whole Bible today, one chapter at a time, and we'll be out of here by midnight tonight. No, I'm kidding. I'm just teasing. Everybody's like, oh, we better not be. Praise God. Genesis chapter 2. Let's look here 
down at verse 7. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living creature. Did Adam have anything to do with his creation? Did Adam have anything to do with the value of who he was? No, that Adam was formed by God out of the dust of the ground. What gave Adam his value? What now came inside of him? The value was in the light of God. He breathes into man and light comes into man and now man becomes a living being. Now he face to face with God. Who are you? Who am I? What is this? Not one question of, are you mad at me? You hate me? You must be really frustrated with me. I must not have performed well enough for you, God. In that moment, what happened? Man looks at his papa for the first time. Oh. And, and the Bible talks more about the face of God than the presence of God. Adam, face to face with God. And some of you, I see the little ones, little babies in here. If you have a little baby, and you, as a father, and you smile, and as a mother, when you smile at that child, what happens many times when you smile at that child? That baby goes. They don't know what they're smiling at. They're responding to you. Have they done anything for you? He says, has your baby done anything for you lately? Your your baby, anything lately? They, just be this bringing you joy. So waking up at 2 a.m. is okay. You're good with all that. Just pleased. So wakes up, baby's crying. I'm just happy to see you. Why? Because the value of that child is not found alone in that child. The value of that child is found in the love of the parent. Do you realize you're valuable? Not because you love yourself to all this. Oh, love yourself. You, you can't love yourself. You can only love what God loves. And if God loves you, how could you not love you? Because he's already said, hey, I love you. And many of us in here, we haven't even settled that in our heart yet. God, I have to do this today. I have to do that today. You know, I screwed that up. I'm not sure really if you love me. And God says, would you just forget about all the stuff you've done wrong and just see that I'm in the room with you? Because you know what? When we know our Father is with us and that He loves us, even on our worst day, we can still look and go. Why? Because He's smiling upon us. He desires you. I'm not good enough. He goes, not the way I see you. But you know, I watched that movie the other night and I was, I was so lustful when I watched it. Lord, forgive me for that. I already did. Why are you remembering what I've forgiven you for? So now we get fixated on things we've done wrong, and now our performance comes into play. Now the vessel has a mind of its own to think, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do, and God's just going to get along with my program. I love something Pastor Kylan says. Prayer is more about us asking God what he's doing and us, us getting in on it. But many times we go, God, what are you doing today? Come do this for me. And there's nothing wrong with asking God for help. 
There's nothing wrong to pray and say, God, would you do this on my behalf today? But I want us to change our perspective. I want to change our direction of our faith to know it's not about what God can do for you today. It's about what he has done for you today. If you live from what he's done, then the, the question of am I good enough will be completely eradicated from your life. I have, a, I have an old Jeep out there. And uh, my brother's here with me this morning, my daughter, Ella. And uh, my brother's a mechanic. And so I can't fix nothing. 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 My wife says, hang up a picture. I'm like, oh, gosh. We're going to be here for a while because, you know, is it centered? <laughs> you know, stand like that for a little bit, honey. You'll get there. Because I am just not gifted in those things. I'm, you ask my brother, I just can't do it. So I'm always grateful when I get around the guys, and the guys are like, yeah, I'll do this, this, and this. And I'm like... Just shake your head. Yeah. That way I can sort of feel like I'm a part of the conversation. But in all actuality, I'm like, I'm just glad you're here because something breaks. I'm going to ask you to fix it. So I got this old Jeep out there. And I was thinking about this. And I, and I heard it said like this. If you had an old vehicle and it had no tires on it, no wheel, it was just broken down, it was on the side of the road, and you were trying to sell it, how much do you think you'd want to sell it for? Maybe 50 bucks just for parts? Hey, got an old broken down vehicle over here. How much, how much you want for it? Oh, I'll give you 50 bucks. What if somebody came up to you and they said, hey, I'll give you $10,500 for that car. 10-5, out the door. And you're like, this is insane. I know what this thing's worth. This thing's worth nothing. It has nothing to offer you. It's going to be a headache for you. It's going to cause you problems. It's going to cause you all sorts of trouble. I, it isn't worth anything to you. I'll give you 10 5 for it. You'd say, wow, that, what? Why would you pay more for something that it's not worth? But do you realize Jesus did the exact same thing for you? You had nothing, nothing, nothing to offer him. And you were broken in your state of sin separated from God. And Jesus says, Father, I'll go and I'll pay the cost. I'll pay the price. If it's my life for theirs, I'm going to pay it because I know what they are created to be when they have my spirit inside of them. And if I go and I lay my life down for them, they will know who they are because they will know you. And many times we get this perspective that we are like in this ocean and we're reaching out and Jesus comes and pulls us by the hand out of the ocean and we go, oh, Jesus, save me. No, friend, you were dead at the bottom of the ocean and he plummeted to the depths of your depravity. He plummeted to the depths of your sin and he came right to where you were at where you had nothing to offer him and he breathed into you this gift called the Holy Spirit and gave you new life in Christ where you're no longer a sinner. You are now a son and a daughter in the Most High's presence. Amen. Amen. That's who you are. That's who you are. So anytime you say, well, God, I just don't know if I'm worth it. I just don't know if I'm good enough. You're asking the wrong question. You're asking the wrong question because you are as good as who you carry. Amen? And I don't know about you, but when I say I'm not good enough, what am I actually saying? I'm saying, God, you must have made a mistake. 
I'm just not good enough. Hey, do you think you'd go share the gospel with that person on the street? I'm not good enough to do that. Wait a minute, he's equipped you. He's called you by name. He's given you everything that he has. He said, these works I do, greater works are you're going to do. I'm going to do greater works than Jesus. That's what he's called us to. But yet we are so fixated on I'm not good enough. So don't you think that that would be where the enemy would want to camp out at? I think the enemy loves Christians who just don't see their value yet. And he doesn't have to even tempt you. He just goes, man, they don't even believe him themselves yet. I'm just going to sit back here and let them do all the work. They're doing fine on their own. Like, they don't even believe that they're saved. They don't even believe they're forgiven. They don't even believe that they're his. Come on, guys, let's go back over here and see if we can find somebody who does believe and see if we can try to torment them to stop them from believing. Because over here, these guys are doing fine. They already don't believe. Let's not be believers who don't believe. Let's be believers who believe. And I choose to believe this book over anything I've ever experienced in my life. I, I choose to believe his forgiveness right now for every sin I've ever committed over every sin I've ever committed. I choose to believe that. Somebody comes up to me and says, Justin, you remember you were lustful. What do you mean? Well, Justin, you, you remember when you were lustful and you were watching those movies and you were doing all sorts of stuff? Well, today he told me I was forgiven. So what am I going to choose to believe? His word or my experience? I'm going to choose his word. Because your experience will lie to you, friend. It'll lie to you every day. What you think you've done wrong so many times, you now believe, well, I must not be good enough. He must not want me. He must not desire me. And all I see God saying through all scripture over and over and over and over again, I desire you. So I think you're pretty valuable. I think you're worth something. I think you have a voice. I think you have a divine plan and a divine destiny God has given you. And you are good enough. Why? Because of who you carry. Amen? We cannot walk in this place where we try to carry Jesus and then carry ourselves. One of them has to die, and one already has and resurrected. Now we're empowered by the Holy Spirit to lay down those old things because we have been made new. I'm going to ask this question. Do you believe you've been made new? If anybody in here doubts that, that you've been made new, I got good news for you, friend. When you repented and said yes to Jesus, you were made new. Now the question is, do we believe it? You say, well, Justin, this seems so simple. It is. But it's the thing most Christians struggle with the most. The thing Christians struggle with the most isn't the devil. It's what we believe. Because the devil believes and trembles. You know, the devil goes to more church services than most of us do. He never misses. Why? He says, as soon as the seed is sown into a heart, 
the enemy comes immediately to try to steal that seed. So he's listening. He's watching. Even right now around the room, he's like, oh, no. They're really starting to believe this. Man, do you remember what you did yesterday? Do you remember what you did years ago? Do you remember all your failures? Some of you already, see, you're already hearing it right now while you're sitting there because what's coming up in your mind is, I'm not good enough. And the enemy says, yeah, you're not good enough. Will you choose to believe my report about you or are you going to choose to believe the report of the Lord? See, I believe you're forgiven. I believe you're set free. I believe you've been delivered from every evil thing that's ever been a part of your life. I believe you've broken free from everything sin has to offer you. I believe you're a son and a daughter. I don't believe you're a sinner anymore. We were sinners, but now we're in the body of faith. We're in the family of faith. We are no longer our own. We've been bought with the price. You have value to your life. Now wake up every day to believe it. Not just Sunday, but every day. Because Monday's coming. And if you only have faith for Sunday, Monday you're going to be defeated. So you have to wake up every day and say, God, I thank you for loving me. God, I thank you for freeing me. And you may not be thinking those thoughts. You may not be feeling those emotions. But you, by faith, have to begin to declare what he has said about you. you. Lord, I thank you. You have filled my vessel. I am good enough today because you have called me good enough today. You have invited me into your presence. I've done nothing to deserve it, yet you have invited me in. God, how can I serve you today? I'm so grateful that my name's written in the Lamb's book of life because of what you have done. But you know how most of us wake up? Oh, alarms are going off again. Another day, another Monday. Wife's nuts. Oh, I hope I can get a new job because this one just doesn't make me happy. Lord, you got to change my boss or I'm going to kill him today. If you don't change him, Jesus, I'm telling you right now, we're going to be doing a funeral. So what we do, we try to hold Jesus for ransom to try to get what we want answered. Instead of waking up and going, you know what, whether the boss changes or not today, I'm okay because he's in me. I know who I carry. I know who's in me. I know who I'm found in. I know who I'm loved by. So now you can go to your boss. He may hate your guts, and all you have to do is offer him love because that's all that's been offered to you. You know why we aren't merciful to others? is because we don't know how merciful God has been to us. Especially in America. Woo! I don't got anything. What do you mean you don't got anything? Some people don't have anything, and yet they're still grateful. Some of us are like, well, if I don't get the job I want, I'm just not going to be happy. I'm not going to be, it's not going to be good enough until I get the job that I need. I'm going to find my identity in my job, and then I'll be good enough. No, you find your identity in him, and now you have made good enough in him. 
So now when you go to your job, guess what? You're not there like a leech to draw off of other people to make your senses and your flesh feel good. You're there because you're a direct conduit to who he is. And now you're able to give people a drink who are thirsty with the life-giving water that has been given to you. So now you get to participate. Look for the one who doesn't like you and hang out with them. Seriously. We're always looking for God to change people when he says, I'm not trying to change everybody else. I want to change you. But see, we want everybody else to change so that we feel good enough around them. I have people sometimes, they'll come up, and as a pastor, even when they, people find out as you're a believer, have you ever people come to your house and they start cussing, and they go, ooh. Because you're a Christian, they know that you don't talk that way. They go, oh, oh I'm so sorry, I did and I said, what are you apologizing to me for? You didn't offend me. You think I'm going to go sit in the corner and say, man, we got to get out of here, bro. They start cussing. <sighs> it's just so heavy in here. Whoa. Every time people are negative, I just feel so mauled down. Every time people just talk bad about everybody else, I just feel so little. I wish everybody else would change. I need to get a new job. And then we call somebody in the church, pray for me that I get a new job. I think it's the season God wants me to leave my job. When God says, no, I've actually positioned you here because you're the light. You're the vessel. Everybody else doesn't believe they're good enough. Now you know who you are and you can point them to who he is. Now you have hope. You have a future. Well, they don't like me. But you didn't like Jesus either, but he never said, well, I'm done with them. Do you realize how much mercy has been given to you? If you did, then nobody could offend you anymore. Doesn't matter what's going on at your workplace. It doesn't matter what's going on in your family. It doesn't matter. All that matters is Jesus and him crucified, resurrected, and brought to life, and now lives inside of you so you can shine for him. Bible says we're written epistles for all men to read. You know what people are doing when they look at you? They're looking at you to examine you because they want to see if there's any light in you. And you know why the church isn't revealed today in our culture? It's because we're more darkness in the world. Is because we choose to believe our old life and our old experiences. We choose to believe who's the political figure is going to have some sort of dealings with my Christianity. Well, if this person becomes president, I'll be okay. No, you won't. Because every four years, somebody new is going to come in. And now you're going to live in the insurity of what's going to happen. When my Bible says that Jesus came for me, he is my king. Is he yours? So now it doesn't matter how much gas is. Now it doesn't matter how much perversions going on in the world. All that matters is Jesus being revealed through your life in the darkness so that everyone who does not know him can come to know him. I think you have purpose. Amen? If you don't feel you have purpose, you have not received and understood yet what God's mercy has done for you. Matthew 18, and I'll close here. I got more scripture, but I want to be respectful for your time. Matthew 18, Jesus gives this parable about a man who owes the king a lot of money like millions of dollars. Like this is some serious jack. And 
he goes to his master. He says, Master, forgive me for this debt. I can't pay you back. It's too great of a debt. And the master says to him, okay, I'll, I'll forgive you all your debt. Millions of dollars. Jesus is equating this to the value of how much we owe God, but we never can give him enough. But yet God in his mercy, God in his grace, God as the good king says, I know you can't pay me back for all the wrong you've done, but I'm going to forgive you anyways. So that person is forgiven. He gets up from his, his master's feet because he's begging, please forgive me. I have, listen, my value right now, I don't care about my value. I need you to forgive me because I can't pay this debt back. And he gets up and he goes to one of his servants. And his servant only owes him $1,000. And he says, he, the scripture says he grabs him by the throat and says, You're not going to leave until you pay me back what is mine. And the king that gave him mercy gets word of it. He says, bring me that servant. We got a problem here. Because I forgave you for everything you've ever done. Why are you holding anything against anybody's charge? Even if they owe you everything. You see why Jesus says, if your enemy smote you on the one side of the face, give him the other cheek. Because how many times have we tried to smack God in the face and he just keeps turning because of his love for you? Look at the cross. Jesus beaten beyond measure. And not once did he say, God, this ain't fair. God, you better change Pilate or I ain't going to do this. Not once did Jesus have an excuse. Not once did Jesus say, I don't know who I am. Not once did Jesus say, I don't know what I'm here to do. Everything Jesus did, he says, I do because the Father has told me. Even if it costs me my life, I'm going to be obedient to him. And we're trying to make deals with God. If you do this, then I'll be happy today. And God says, no, you must know me. What a good God we serve. I'm so grateful for all the times I've done wrong. He never says to me, Justin, I'm done with you. I'm so grateful for every time I said, God, I'm just not good enough. He says, listen, you may be a broken vessel, but you're my vessel. God is into putting broken things together. Amen? Stand to your feet. Scripture I want you to read on your own time is 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 7 through 18. I'm not going to read that to you today. But it talks in that scripture, Paul writing, he talks about how we're in these broken vessels. We're in these fragile jars of clay, he calls them. But how even in a fragile jar of clay, God uses the fragile things to fulfill his good purpose in our life and in those around us. You know, I, I'm, I'm done with praying for everybody around me to be changed. My prayer every day is, God, change me. Why? Because Scripture says, when I'm changed, then they see the good works in me. Now they'll praise and glorify their God that's in heaven. But see, we go, I'm not going to praise and glorify you because of the way people treat me. And God says, that's not what this is about. 
So what you're saying is your, it, my, your love for me is conditional based upon what I can do for you to make you feel better about yourself in the moment rather than a love that's surrendered because of what I've done for you already at the cross. The reality of the cross needs to get deep in the heart of the believer. Sometimes we have crosses in our church and we walk by it every day. We look at it and we go, yep, there's the cross. We hang them around our necks. But do we really believe what the cross fulfilled? What, what happened that day at Calvary? What happened when Jesus said no to himself and yes to the Father? You and I were given new life. I'm not going to look back anymore, family. I'm looking forward. We're not Lot's wife, we're his. Quit looking back at the past and saying you're not good enough. Look forward because you are his vessel. Somebody say, I am his vessel and I'm loved. Bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak over each person in here this morning, God, and those that are watching this morning, Father, live. Father, I just thank you for your love. Thank you, Father, you're taking us from a place of selfish ambition and bring us into a place of unrelenting surrender. Lord, it's not about us. It's all about you. Jesus, thank you for loving us so much. Thank you for dying for us. Thank you for the resurrection, God. I hear the voice of the Lord from the heavens just declaring, you are mine. Don't believe your past. Believe what he has done. Believe that you are forgiven this morning, family. Believe that you are loved. You are a broken vessel, but one that he is putting back together, and he's glad to do it. He loves you. He loves you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here this morning and you said, Justin, there's some things in my life right now. I'm not saying you're straight away from Jesus. I'm not saying you're not walking with Jesus. But just this morning, there's some things that came to your heart, some perspectives that came to your heart that you just hadn't seen before. Maybe there's some things the Lord was revealing to your heart this morning. Maybe there's some selfish areas of your heart that you go, you know what? Maybe my Christian walk has been more about me getting what I want rather than me surrendering to ask him what he wants. If that's in you, you in here this morning, just raise your hand towards heaven. There's no condemnation in this. I see those hands. See those hands. See those hands. Praise God. Praise God. Every, lower your hands. Just right where we're at, our family. I'm not going to lead you through a prayer, but right now, wherever you're at, if you're just sensing some things in your spirit right now that you just need to say, Lord, forgive me for these areas of my life that I've been selfish in. Forgive me for making my Christian walk all about me and less about you. Father, forgive me for ambitions and motives that were not pure. Father, I thank you. You love me. For every time you pray, church, and ask God to forgive you, I want you to follow it up with this statement. I want to, when you say, Father, forgive me for this, I want you to say, right after you say, forgive me, Father, I thank you for forgiving me. Take ownership of what he has done. Don't just say, Father, forgive me and leave it there because many times Christians pray that prayer, they get up and they go, well, I wonder if he forgave me or not. Take ownership, pray, Father, thank you for forgiving me right now 
for every selfish motive I've ever carried. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I give you my body. I give you every part of me, God. You have been so good to me. You've been so good to me. You've been better to me than I've been to myself. You have been so kind. You've been kinder to me than anybody ever has been. Lord, I just thank you for loving me. Thank you for saving me. Father, I thank you. You discipline and you correct those that you love. Father, I'm opening my heart today for encouragement and correction from you because I am yours and you are mine. I just love you and I surrender my heart to you. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. Family, I want to thank you so much for having me today. I appreciate each and every one of you. I'm looking forward for Pastor Kylan being back with you all next week. He is a, he is a great pastor, a great teacher, and uh, you are extremely blessed to have him as the shepherd of this house. Um, but also, I'm, just extremely, I'm extremely blessed to call you family and friends. And I'm grateful for each one of you. And I know, without a shadow of a doubt, don't look back. You're moving forward. Amen? Amen. The face that Adam may have made, right, when he was created. Standing there thinking, like you said, who am I? And who are you? In my mind, I think of the angels, because they're watching too, right? And they're probably like, what are you going to do with that? You know? He didn't even got any glory. He's naked, for crying out loud. You know what I mean? And then God says, wait, that's my son. And then their whole tune probably changed, like, man, I wish I was that guy. You know what I mean? That's what makes us worth it. So thanks for bringing that word and letting us uh, help us realize it's what we carry that makes us worth it all the while. Um, we're going to take up an offering for our brother. Uh, so if the Lord has moved you, if you've been touched by him, if you've gotten some revelation, remember, revelation is what changes our lives. God tells us all kinds of things, and when we apply it and live with it, it can change you. So we're going to say thank you to him by blessing him today, okay? Uh, the, the offering bucket has been brought up here, so feel free to bring something up and send him out with a blessing in Christ, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.